1: Hello and welcome to episode 149 of the Beyond 90 podcast. This is Eric Subihano hosting this for you, uh, staying up late on a Monday night with my two co-hosts and apologies to Cheryl and Madge. It was even later because I spent 10 minutes scrambling, looking for the power pack to my laptop, but that's in the past and we're ready to cover another wonderful week in the world of women's football for you. So firstly, I think we'll welcome uh, Victorian expert and uh, editor-in-chief Cheryl back to the pod because it's been a while, but Cheryl, how have you been?
0: Yeah, really good. It's great to be on the pod as always and having a little bit of um, an intro back into football. Maybe not at the right time because so many of the leagues are finishing up, but Champions League finals coming up. So good to be involved for that one.
1: Yes. And uh, someone to the south of me, of course. So there's also someone to the north. So uh, Madge, how have things been for you up in Queensland?
2: Yeah, good. It's getting colder. So I'm getting happier with rugging up. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, not too much football wise, but yeah, excited to be
1: here. It's excited. Well, I mean, d- normally we football enough, such as ourselves could be a little bit judgmental, but I think Madge, I mean, take us, take the football free or largely football free weekends, wherever you can, cause there won't be many of them.
2: I know. I, 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 the year. I, and I even actually the most exciting thing I did over the weekend was, Booking flights to Perth for the Olympic qualifiers. So Olympic we'll get qualifiers. to that. Good
1: to but, you, uh, Yes. What a, co- what a coincidence. Committed. I have I have booked my flights to Perth and Brisbane as I go on my ridiculous Irish national team Nuffery tour. So that's done. The, the accommodation set, and oh my god, it's less than two months. And I will actually have to do this and somehow do my job at the same time. Ah, uh, that's a problem for July. Um uh, and we are on episode 149. And the Matildas we highlight, they're getting really familiar. Matilda's a cap, 149, is Caitlin Cooper. Matilda's debut for Caitlin in 2007. The most recent cap was 2018. From memory, that is during the Algarve Cup. Could be wrong. Uh, And she scored a goal, yep. She did score a goal in that tournament. Grassroots Club, not sure of that, but I believe she's from Warthope in um, northern New South Wales. Also, apologies, because I probably butchered the pronunciation of that. Lovely town. Uh, Caitlin Cooper made... 10 appearances for the Matildas with two goals, one of which Cheryl has just mentioned, known for being a central defender, and also some uh, Matildas involvement, shall we say, after that last uh, cap uh, selected in a training camp in 2021, and part of a 25-player squad for friendlies with Denmark and Sweden ahead of the Tokyo Olympics. Uh, so, yep, you're, she's a dub centurion. We'll all A lot of us will know her very well with that career, Central Coast Mariners, Canberra United, Western Sydney Wanderers, and even a brief spell at Sydney FC. And Caitlin Cooper still playing for Illawarra Stingrays in uh, NPL New South Wales. So, yes, we do know what caitlin is up to and she's still contributing to football i think she's a firefighter as well from memories yeah so. i
2: think i i think yeah. i still follow her on on instagram and see all the fighting going up
1: yeah i think i i feel that's that erica halloway influence i think lena Carm is also a firefighter now these days so yes that's yeah that's um that there's Is there a joke to be had about people that played for the Wanderers and needing to put out fires? Anyway, that's defenders, perhaps
0: defenders. (laughs) Yes,
1: that that might work, but yeah, (laughs) so yeah, Caitlin still contributing to football. Well done to her. Uh, now, how where do we start? Yep, I think we'll start there. I like to get the bad news out of the way first. So we sensed this was coming, but Spanish superstar Mapi Leon just uh refusing to go to the World Cup, and I think we covered that in a uh, previous. Oh, a podcast earlier this year or maybe even last year with the issues with the coach and the treatment of the players and some players have just uh had enough and so the man who once called friend of beyond 90 samantha lewis disrespectful in a press conference jorge vilda appears to be at fault here um but yeah it's just um yeah I, it's very sad i'll read out uh the quote uh, that was attributed to uh as of today, I will not be at the World Cup and it saddens me I have earned to be there. It's not a decision taken lightly, but Mapi Leon has a way of life and values. I can't return if I don't see changes. What has happened is insufficient. Well, that's yeah, that's a problem. Uh, yeah, gosh, Cheryl, please go on.
0: I love the way that she talks about herself in the third person. So do I. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's that's beautiful. Very <laughs> Very good. Um, But also, you know, maybe she's calling out that there has been some change, but just nowhere near good enough. So Mm -hmm. yeah, it's, it's, it's a really challenging time for women's football. You know, you'd you'd love for it to be, I mean, nations aren't boycotting, but players are boycotting Mm -hmm. because football is not in the space that they want it to be right now for women or in their women's teams. So it's really sad. Spain I think will still have a very strong Mm -hmm. squad so, you know, they're still bringing a top squad to the World Cup, I'm assuming. But, yeah, it'd be great if you could choose from all of your best players. Um, but I also wanted to know what this um, conversation was between Sam Lewis and the coach. Oh, um, Sam asked a
1: typically oh, – pressing is not the right word. She Sam loves to ask the tough questions. This was during the – I can never remember. Is it the Cup of Nations when it's held in Australia? Yeah, Cup of Nations. Yeah, Cup of Nations. That was. Yeah, that was in February. Oh, I was. I was busy having the time of my life in New Zealand. My apologies, but yes, she asked a tough question about player availability, and Jorge Vilda called it disrespectful. That's what. That's what happened. So yes. So I'm as always. I am Team Samantha on this one, and not Team Jorge. But
2: I think it's. I mean, it really is. Sad, but yeah, you know, sometimes these stances need to be made. But it, it is a pity that the fans here don't get to see yeah. the best of Spain. And like I don't think we've got have got a full, I'm not sure how many people have actually said they're not available. So yeah. um I haven't seen of any other people making the public statements. Like I'm not sure mm-hmm. about say Pateas and yeah. and what some of the other um what the stance they might be taking, but this could be the first of a few. I would suspect that yes. makes Maybe that,
1: coming at these That is my fear. Uh, well said, Madge. I think there's some kind of nobility in people such as Muppy Leon making this kind of a stand for the generations after them. But uh, I hope one day soon that people obviously don't have to do stuff like this.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, yeah. So uh, well, I suppose let's segue into another sad thing. And thanks to Stefan, uh, Canberra and Nordic expert, for alerting us to this. And thanks to him also again for. Um, copy pasting, wait, probably shouldn't say that, but uh, the cat's out of the bag, um, this article, which is behind a paywall, but it's just basically about why are girls dropping out of sport? That was the title. Uh, we've linked to it, although um, yes, as be warned that is it is behind a paywall, but it's just um, a journalist named Karen Hardy. And they're just uh, basically, they're talking about talking about uh how sad it is to see girls dropping out of sports it's been well documented that the teenage years are the toughest that it's um, it's easy to get or relatively easy to get girls to participate in the 8 to 12 age range but then but then getting them through the teenage years to the point where they're participating adults has been historically a challenge for i think every sport really so I think I should, as a man, I should stop talking because I have two. There are two women on the podcast, and I'd love to know their thoughts about, uh yeah, this issue and you know the difficult teenage years in terms of uh, girls' sporting participation.
2: Well, I think it's similar to like the ACL discussion in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. in that there's a lot of stuff going on around how and why people play sport and and, and how and why injuries happen, and I, and I think there's a myriad of reasons why why girls might dropping out of sport um structural issues you know societal pressures it's like yeah like like you said in the like the article said it's not something that seems to be isolated to any particular sport so i think there's yeah some Broader societal hang-ups that we still have uh, in Australia, and and uh, no doubt it's replicated around the world as well. Um, Australia may actually be possibly one of the better um or, or the countries that may have one. It'd be interesting to see an international comparison actually, because I suspect generally Australia is probably quite a generally sporty nation mm-hmm. where um sport participation is high. But um, yeah, it would it? I know some people have tried to think of like interventions. I know that, um, I think netball, I remember they were doing a lot of stuff, um, uh, trying to continue to encourage participation through those teenage years. But, um, yeah, I think it's one of those things where like injuries and in women's sport is it's, it's probably something that needs to be attacked from many, many angles, um, you know, through, You know, school programs and through just generally, um, you know, changing societal attitudes and expectations of of what's expected from teenage girls.
0: I was listening to an interesting podcast today, and I agree with everything that you're saying there, Madge. In addition, I think one of the things that the podcast was saying was that, and this was general to women or girls, more particularly in sport, but. That developmentally, a a woman or a girl going through puberty has something of a plateau to their performance that is not seen in the realms of men or young boys or, or boys in generally going through puberty. When they go through puberty, they tend to have an acceleration of performance versus women have a plateau and it's not the peak. So, you know, if you're a woman and you sort of see yourself that it's not. Easy. it's not getting easier. you're trying things are harder nutrition might be more difficult or something or other like that I'll, I'll try and find the um a link to the podcast if people want to have a listen it, it was quite interesting to go through and listen to those sorts of things it also talked about parental pressure and um you know I think you're right from a societal perspective I think it's interesting what happens from that perspective but yeah i mean only the individual women and girls know why it is that at some point they play and it could be that are the pathways insufficient for women and girls to to play and see it as potentially a career and you know i don't think a career is a large part of participation for men you know there's the elite level and they'll get through but there's heaps of participation where people actually just do it for fun so yeah it would be interesting to see an international study if there's already one out there if anyone's listening feel free to ping us and let us know but yeah it's um challenging but I do hope and one of the things that people often say if you can't see her you can't be her with the with the increased visibility of role models in mass media for women's football, maybe that might lend some young girls and young boys to continue on with the journey because they'll, they've got someone to look up to now.
1: Yes. And in that all good points, uh, Cheryl and Madge, but um, yeah, Cheryl, you did touch on something that was in the, this article about, yeah, the factors a perceived lack of role models and that links to that, saying that we say all the time you can't be what you can't see so hopefully uh greater coverage of women's sport will change that but also uh sadly body confidence um body insecurities was a big factor and yeah that's well that's a societal issue that has is affected uh had um large effects obviously um for our society in many ways not just sports so uh hopefully that um as we um, kind of publicize the matildas and all the other wonderful women's sporting teams out there that this uh, issue becomes uh, how can I put like less less of a thing uh, as time goes by. Ah, so on to somewhat happier news, I suppose. I'll I'll. Explain my concerns in a little bit, but yes, um, uh, Melbourne Victory A League men's player or former A League men's player Marco Rojas. Uh, news there was news that he'll be donating twenty thousand dollars to help fund a range of women's football initiatives within Melbourne Victory. And uh, say so his five private donation is the first Melbourne Victory has received to its community programs spe- specifically. So well done to uh, Marco, and I suppose we'll start with the positive that's um, uh, very nice of him, and you know, good to see. Um, someone for whom has gotten so much out of being a Melbourne Victory player that they're giving back to the club.
0: Hundred percent agree. Bring it on, more, more, and more of that would be great to see. I know that there are some different initiatives, and oh my goodness, it's fallen out of my brain for the moment. But I, I think Alex Chidiak is part of. Mm-hmm. Is the common goal where players donate one percent of their income to? to support you know, other other players or developing areas. And you know they're the kind of initiatives that people who are at the potential higher end of the salary spectrum, it'd be great if they contribute.
1: Yes, and it's good. Although I am, as usual, I love that Marco's done. I am moderately concerned that he's felt the need to do this based within uh, to an article from uh, Keep Up. But the fact that he's basically... Uh, seeing a gap and taking it upon himself to try and close the gap um, in certain spaces. So uh, good, good on Marco, but hopefully, uh, but my personal view of course, is that hopefully like in the future that the individuals don't see these gaps and that the clubs are just, um, you know, making sure things are equal um, yeah.
2: by themselves. I think, I think that that's where I sort of fit as well. What I do like about it is that, well, it seems to me like this, um, th- the fact that this donation has been able to go to Victory Women as a community program, which again may not be great if you if the if Victory want to have a club, maybe they should ensure that their women and men's team, exactly what you're saying, Eric, have mm. the same facilities and have the same standards. But um let's not name the club, but um it may have been experiences where people may have been able to get sponsorship for clubs before, but there may have been no um that, that wanted to be directed to the women's team, but there was no faith that perhaps the club would direct it to the women's team. So mm. at least in this this particular setup, Marco can donate that money and be quite specific about where, where he wants to see that money be spent, which I think is a good thing. So it's not just going into a, uh, a generic club oh, yeah. fund. It can be actually quite... Um, that, that's what I like about it. So people who do explicitly want to support uh, um, particular initiatives as part of a club... Are able to target those those donations and or, or even sponsorships, if um, if you want to think of it that that way, um, in a much more targeted way. So I think um, that's 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 really good. But yeah, um, I think to your point, Eric, I think we would like to see the professionalism of all clubs get to a point where um, facilities are are the same um, across both of you know the senior teams and 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 any youth teams that they have as well. Yes.
0: Don't we um, just want Michelle Kang to come over and buy one, two, three of the um the teams in the the A-League women's? I'm not sure. I mean, oops. is this are we looking to an opportunity at some point that there's some investment in the league beyond what um I'm not saying that APL hasn't invested, but they're investing at a league level. I wonder if and when more investment will come at a club level for the women
2: yeah well you know what i'm i actually going to give Brisbane Roar a bit of a a slight blast, you know the they're getting a new training facility um largely in part of in, in part because of the women's World Cup building what was flagged as a uh, women's center of excellence um in Brindau, but now the men are going to be moving in as well and you know had it confirmed at a meeting that um, the men will be moving into the largest dressing room. of course. Uh, so stuff like that it's just like, yeah. well, Women's Centre of Excellence, but not quite as excellent as what the men are now getting now that they're moving. Oh, my goodness. it's like, awful. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure all of the facilities are good. It's a, it's a, it's a, new, a new venue. But, yeah, it's just come on. let's or do, just make them let's, equal. Let's, exactly. Just make an people, option. <laughs> let's just make them equal. Um, um, yes, I'm sure there's, there will be excuses around plans were made and decisions were made afterwards. But it's, yeah. Just just do better.
1: Yes, Madge. I think just do better, that's um just do better. That could that could be the motto for this podcast when we're um not feeling at our best. And uh that's yes, yeah, always, always seems to be the way. So yes, hopefully. Uh, the clubs can do better in the future on to happier news especially
2: but yay marco yes
1: yes yes well well done to <laughs> you Marco, marco rojas. Yeah. yes yes I, mean, I think we should probably just uh, before we move on yes well done to uh, marco rojas now on to happier news especially if you are in western australia the matildas are coming back to perth for the incredibly stressful um second round of olympic games qualifiers so yeah, that was announced. Perth will host, um, that entire group, which has Australia, Philippines, Taiwan, and Iran. And so games play being played 26th of October, 29th of October, and the 1st of November. Obviously my eyes are on, um, Australia versus Philippines on Sunday, the 29th of October. So I'll might be able to clear, clear my schedule for that one. And I'll thought i throw to you, you two in a bit. I'm also intrigued by, um, what on 26th of October, Philippines versus Taiwan, which would be the rematch of uh, the Asian Cup uh, quarterfinal from last year, where we broke Taiwanese hearts and qualified for our first ever World Cup. But uh, yes, is there any thoughts? Uh, may, perhaps uh, start with you, Madge, because yes, I, as we were saying before, we were so wrong on the last podcast. It is, oh. not, it's, it is not in New South Wales.
2: Ne- never been happier to be wrong. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I think we've been hoping to see the Matildas venture off the East Coast. Uh, like I've, I'll say it again and again and again, they're a national team and and the whole nation should get to enjoy some Tilly's um, goodness sprinkled throughout uh, our wide, wide, wide land. So um, great to see Perth uh Getting some games, and no doubt they will be very excited, be putting on a big party, Um, you know, seeing Sam Kerr play at home. Um, But also, it's like, you know, Perth or Western Australia have developed some fabulous Matildas over the years. So hopefully, it'll it'll be a a celebration of all things, all things Matildas that have um, come to us from the West.
1: Yes, I think.
0: Yeah, for me, it's. Sorry, Eric.
1: No, no, go because um, I wasn't about to say anything really, but just go on, go on Cheryl.
0: <laughs> I was going to say for me, it's incredibly exciting that there's a whole tournament that's going to be hosted there or call it a tournament or a qualification. It's, it's now on the fans to go and watch it and make sure that you get some numbers you know, if you build it, they will come kind of thing. It's like, well, if you market it, they might see it and then they might come as well. So I think that's part of it. Having, you know, driving around in and out of Melbourne a couple of times recently, and there is more, to my mind, more marketing of even the the Australia v France match that's coming up and whatnot as well. So it's important that the fans or non-fans, but people who might just be interested Can actually see that it's an option to go and watch and i do hope that the people in and around perth have that opportunity to go and watch a game or a couple of games i mean that how exciting but let everyone know
1: yes it's all in the marketing and of course uh not just uh, for the australian fans of course but for whatever communities of the other three participating nations are there as well. Cause they'll also add to the atmosphere. So it'd be great if we could have like four um, decent uh, sets of fans there in Perth. Um, yes. I've oh, just clicked away from the show notes at the wrong time. Oh ah, yeah. There we go. So other news and um, it's um, kind of sad, kind of happy, but yeah, Emily Gilnick uh, announced that her time at Aston Villa in the WSL has come to an end. So we await her uh, next move, but uh, yes, it's just um yeah, it's it's one of those Instagram posts that we've embedded where just um the, the player announces the departure and you know, thankful for everything that she's um that she's received at Aston Villa, but uh yes, it's um she does mention trying to get back fit and healthy for a home world cup so unfortunately emily's like quite a few matildas in that there appears to be a race against time to be fit for um july the 20th oh, well to be fit for july 20th and for whenever the matilda squad is announced uh i don't know what the your thoughts were but uh excited by this move good to see another aussie in the wsl but then it just didn't i think it uh, is it fair to say it wasn't uh what we might have hoped for emily
0: I I think so, but I mean, you can never, she could have gone anywhere and and it wasn't so much maybe about the league or the Mm -hmm. opportunity. There were injuries that hampered her, her experience there. It's definitely exciting to see Matilda's going off to the WSL. It's a great space to be, but it is, it does seem to be quite challenging. I think Arsenal have had, you know, the the players there that we've got, I think Steph Catley's had some injuries. Caitlin Ford's had some injuries at, I don't know, is it maybe at some point there needs to be more research and investigation into the player loads as well? I'm I'm not sure. I'm not an expert in these kind of things and I'm sure there are experts in it, but it seems to be a certain... (laughs) seems to be a lot of injuries to the players and I don't know if they are load based and that makes it really challenging but these players make the bulk of their money I would assume these days from their league appearances as opposed to maybe maybe their Matilda's contracts make it a lot sweeter but yeah you don't want your career cut short because you're yeah the the load is too much or whatever's happened I'm not sure.
2: Yeah, for Emily, she's like she seems to have had like a really unfortunate run of injuries. Like I think she had that the turf toe for oh, a while there. That's a, that's a rough one. And I think that went on for quite a while. And then it seems like she might get a few more minutes and then another injury. And and now Aston Villa, like they seem to be really investing in their team and sort of you know, stacking up a little bit. So I think they've had their probably their best result, I want to say. In the WSL, so fun, yeah. at least maybe recently, um, since since the league's really sort of taken off, um, so yeah, so I mean maybe a move. I'm not sure where she's going to move to, but it is. I guess it's that always that issue of trying to find that what's that perfect fit for. We want we want our players to go over and be challenged, but uh, but also be able to get that that nice balance of you know good game time and and development. And uh, I think Emily's probably struggled a little bit to get that, you know, going to a big club like Bayern Munich as well previously, but not quite being able to crack the game time there. So hopefully the next move she makes will will be the perfect fit. Yeah, uh, I
0: was just good. wondering where are, uh, if you look at the style of some of the players that we have in Australia, where would they flourish most or, or where would they diversify their skills the most? And we've seen players go... Um, to a whole range of different areas, whether or not it's the NWSL, which is very physical and and fitness-based versus other players. And was it Caitlin Ford, uh, Katrina Gorry? I'm just trying – well, maybe I made that one up. But you know, they, were, were, they
2: were, went to Japan, I
0: think. That's where time. I was thinking, yeah, going off and playing in Asia, which is a quite different. Again, extremely technical, holding the ball, lots of that. I think that's fascinating and then now in more developing areas in Spain but you know the best of the best in the world can probably go to Spain now it's it's a very sought after league and developing but throughout the entire competition maybe it's not as strong as other leagues it's it's tough at the top you know with Barcelona in particular but maybe there's a real opportunity for some more players to go in there and get an opportunity to play Speaking of which, Hailey Rasso has been rumored to head off to Spain, but yes. not that I'm saying anything that I know. It's, I, it's just it's, a rumor that's out there on Twitter that anyone else could see that she's leaving Manchester City anyway.
1: Definitely. Um. So that's that's the strong one, and the strong rumor, not to Spain, that but that she would um reunite with former Manchester City teammate Caroline Weir at Real Madrid. So uh, we await that one, but i sure Haley Rasso, of course, a very direct runner, a very hard runner. Um, I think well love for the effort she puts into every minute she's on the field. So she'd be uh, valued wherever she ends up, but yeah, it's uh Manchester city. And I mean, I think at the risk of just um parroting our friends at the far post pod, uh, just that's a bit with their resources, this, this fourth place league finish, just it's underwhelming. They've missed out on champions league football with that squad. So I don't know. Does that make it a good move for Haley to leave if it's going to be an environment? Well, which I mean, she hasn't getting been the best getting out of these players.
2: She hasn't been getting huge game time. So also, I, yeah, also a good course.
1: reason to move. Yeah.
2: Or, yeah, absolutely. For a player of Haley's quality, um, in prime of her career, you want to be playing. So I I think it's absolutely the best move for her. Uh, but then also, yeah, and going to a club, <clears> yeah, is like you were saying, Cheryl, playing in the in the top end of that Spanish league um yet yeah, you know maybe that they're, they're not a Barcelona but uh a club where hopefully she can get lots of you know starting minutes or lots of minutes off the bench uh are they I assume they will be in the mix for Champions League football
1: I should let me see let me um, test how quickly I, can I can't
2: remember the if test. they were in the quarters or the sem- no they win in the mm-hmm. semis were they in the quarterfinals recently? But you would think that they are. They should be in the mix for Champions League football, which is more than you can say for Manchester City. So, yes. good move if they are.
0: When it, when I look at Manchester City and the players that they have there, or more specifically the Aussie players that they have have there, I think Mary Fowler. I hope that there's a view of this being a long game. Um. It, it's not about what you necessarily have in front of you directly this season. It's more about the entire environment. And I'd like to think that <laughs> Mary's move to there is a good thing. Hopefully Eric's okay. He's coughing away and possibly needs mm. a drink of water, but yeah. Um, yes. yeah. So is Manchester city? I mean, they'll be, they'll be fine without Haley. I'm sure one way or another, <laughs> are the other Aussies who are staying there. I mean, Alana Kennedy's obviously had a challenging time there. And I think she's, she's renewed her contract. So it's just whether or not she gets what she needs while she's there and gets looked after. And then Mary Fowler, obviously being another key player that really wants to see her in the best space that she's in, because she's, She's not at the top of her game yet. She's great. And she's got so much more that she will be able to develop and give. But being in the right environment is the main thing to be able to deliver that.
1: Yes, very good point, Cheryl. As I looked, um, yes, so uh, it's now called Liga F. That's what was messing me up, the Spanish League, when I was trying to look this up. But yeah, Real Madrid finished second. So uh, into the second round of uh, qualifiers for next next season's uh, UEFA Champions League. Oh just see. Levante, former club of uh uh friend of Beyond 90, Abby Lemon. Uh they finished third, so Levante into the Champions League first round. Well, that's a that's a big one uh, for th- for that club. But yeah, I think I like the point you made, Cheryl, about Mary Fowle playing the long game. She is she is still young enough, I think, to do that, at least although Possibly not for too much longer, but because I think Mary's been making an impact when she has been getting that game time, but not necessarily getting a lot of it. But, I mean, Mary Fowler, like, been around for a while, but uh, she's younger than Emma Ilioski. She's younger than Abby Lemons, so, I mean, it does show what Mary's achieved so far. And uh, uh, fingers crossed that uh, that City Football Group's the environment uh, for Mary to flourish uh what's next on the pod notes oh yes let's uh, Cheryl's here so yes let's talk about her beloved Melbourne victory and um I think just uh, nice of you to put in a bit of a wrap-up there so uh super coach Jeff Hopkins is a, will be signed on for two more seasons then uh BD Goad won the victory medal players player of the year award goes to Casey DeMont Melina Ayers with the Golden Boot and also the Goal of the Season Award for her strike against Wellington Phoenix. And then the announcements, the departures of Maya Markovsky, uh, Blacktown's own Emily Koss, and Gemma Simon, who um, now plays at Manly United in NPL New South Wales. But yeah, just uh, good to see um, Melbourne Victory honoring, of course, uh, the season that uh, they had and uh, most importantly, re-signing Jeff Hopkins as well, Cheryl.
0: Yeah, I'm really happy about that. I think continuity of coaching is something that I think yeah. makes a significant difference in the league. And, and victory, I remember that there was one season and uh, what was it, Mike Mulvey was coaching for a couple of games mm-hmm. and then someone else was coaching. And was that when oh, um, Montemuro was coaching? I can't remember, but there were like three coaches in the early phases of the the. the i don't know the league or the season and it just seemed like no one cared and no one really wanted to do anything. And this for me to have that continuity of coach enables them to really commit to the development pathways for the younger players as well to come through. And we have talked about the dub being um, a bit more of a development league now. Mm-hmm. So if Ante Juric has been able to create the Sydney FC that's there right now, I know he, um, he hasn't been there forever with Alan Stagic being there before him, but Jeff Hopkins is building a legacy of, you know, Melbourne victory that could surpass Sydney or hopefully fingers Mm. crossed does. Yeah. Has an opportunity to do that. Uh, There are a couple of players obviously listed there who are leaving and that's, that's a great thing for the players. Hopefully they're going off to bigger and better things, but it's always for me about what, what's it going to look like next season. And I'm sure that Jeff's already working on that.
1: Mm. Yes. Um, uh, just, I uh, like the point you made about continuity. Uh, yes, yeah, so I was just looking up him up on Wikipedia. So he became Melbourne victory women's coach in 2016. And I was just thinking as a, as a counter example, um, he's been, uh, Jeff has been victory coach that entire time. And if memory serves me correctly, uh, the Wanderers in that time, they've had Rich Byrne, Dan Barrett, Dean Heffernan, Catherine Canulli, and Kat Smith. And yes, it's, um, yet Wanderers results generally reflecting a team that, um, you know, has struggling to find the right uh, solution, but of course, um, he wasn't always a victory coach, Madge. He was also <laughs> a Brisbane Raw coach. So, go on, then. I mean, he's, uh, he's just uh, Jeff's has pretty much done it, uh, wherever he's been in the dub.
2: We're we're just the pipeline for all things victory.
1: Yep that's. I. It does seem to be that <laughs> From way. Coaches
2: to players. That's Casey Demont. But also, yeah. Um, but Brisbane have also re-signed Gareth McPherson for another year. So, I mean, along that same vein, hopefully, I know in in, in Gareth's um, in the story that Gareth and had a few quotes uh, talking about how you know he's had a, a few seasons to do some of the the hard work of rebuilding the squad. And so, I think in that you know, similar vein, hoping to be able to get some continuity with 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 a, a longer term vision. So hopefully that will pay off for, for Brisbane in the upcoming season as well. Um, yeah, very much they've been, you know, focusing on sort of pulling from the the local uh, MPL sort of talent pool uh, here in Queensland. So um, yeah, building some more players for victory to take in future years.
0: <laughs> Thank you. Um, in <laughs> advance. I, I also think that coaching is getting much harder for for dub coaches and you know you see the departure of um uh, ash from newcastle and i think there's uh, another coach departing from wellington phoenix sorry i've forgotten names of coaches who are leaving but lawrence yep lawrence yep um you know, I I think the commitment that the coaches need to put in is far more than what it used to be in, let's just call it the olden days. And if they're not contracted to do it as, you know, something that's financially sustainable for them with the level of commitment that they have to make, it's a really tough choice for them. And, you know, we've definitely seen plenty of coaches who've had to make a move. Mel Andrieta, I think, did a similar move. Ante Juric, they talk a bunch about how, you know, he finishes up coaching a game and and then he has to get ready the next day to go off and Mm. and be at Mm. school effectively. And with the continuity of coaching um, contracts, so for Jeff Hopkins, for example, being able to re-sign for two more More seasons, seasons, you know where that income is going to come from. doesn't mean that he does or does not need to supplement it with something else. I'm not too sure, but the demands are much more. We're expecting more from the coaches. The clubs are expecting more, and I just hope that there's a rem that aligns with the demands of what they're going through.
1: Yes. Yeah, so you hope that at some point, and yes, Ante are of course, having to, um, yeah, supplement the income as well. And I think he's a, yeah, it's um. There's a joke my friend uh, told me once, are you even a coach in Australian football if you don't have 17 different jobs? So at some yeah. point, I would like that number reduced. So, and yeah, it, it will only be better for the dub if these um, coaches can concentrate fully on the dub instead of having to uh, think about all these other things and um, yeah, manage their time in such a way. Because I noticed Ante Uric, great guy, great to chat to, but you got to get him quickly after games because he's generally off to do something else. Uh, once the full-time whistleblower blows. Blow. So uh yes, I hopefully one day like he will not be so pressed for time, given how given how good a job he's done at Sydney FC. Um yes, yeah, so oh yeah, talking about the Champions League final, Barcelona versus Wolfsburg. Um just right, so get ready. Yeah, get ready. Um just I always get confused when the kickoff is exactly midnight our time. So I'll be staying up late on Saturday, June the third to watch. Watch it at midnight on Sunday, June the fourth. I that always messes Correct. me up. But yes, yes, it's a technically it's a late Saturday night that we're preparing for. Well, that's um that's good timing, and the kickoff time is midnight. It's not that's not too bad, all things considered.
0: It's not the worst, no. I hopefully people will watch that. I'm sure it'll be a a wonderful game, and for the people who want to potentially see um Mappy Leon mm. play. Uh, and you won't be able to see her at the world cup you'll be able to see her playing there hopefully great players in, in both of those teams and really great football
1: is that the zone i assume as i'm assuming it is yeah
0: Actually, the, last the last, behind the a last table. time the last time yes mm-hmm.
1: the last free zone broadcast well let's hope the two teams put on a show worthy of um such yep. an occasion
0: Oh, hey, yes. shout, out, shout out to people as well. If anyone out there has a Paramount Plus subscription that you're doing month on month and if the reason that you got it is for the dub, well, the dub is finished. So make sure you pause or cancel that subscription and get ready to use your money wisely for something yeah. else.
2: Yes. The Yellow Jackets yeah. is finished as well now. So you, yeah, you can ditch it. Very, very
1: <laughs> sound advice um, from my colleagues there. Oh, so yeah, to that uh the final round of the WSL so another trophy for Chelsea a couple more goals uh for Sam Kerr and uh we'll link to them in the show notes in fact I will uh, put this in bold just to make sure you uh, see the link and see this reply because um I don't know some Manchester United fan tagged her um bragging about um some awards best Manchester started being winning best club of the year at last night's inaugural women's football awards and Alessia Russo as player of the year. So there, uh, this fan has quoted hold that at Sam Kerr one. And Sam Kerr has just responded with nah, I'll hold this. And it's a picture for holding the league trophy. So I think that's, uh, good to see Sam Kerr. Um, uh, not just terrifying, uh, opposition defenses and goalkeepers, but also ending lives on Twitter. Rest in peace to that uh, Manchester United fan. Um, <laughs> I just wanted to talk about that tweet. Yeah, Chelsea champions again. Another double, right? I think. And is that three doubles in a row for Chelsea? League and FA Cup. No idea.
2: Everyone I, was pretending if I it, must, it must be four, four, um, four championships. But um, I'm, yeah, I'm not sure how many okay. in a row.
1: Yeah, but there are many trophies for Emma Hayes. Mm-hmm. And um, for another, also Australian interest at the bottom of the table, because uh, Leicester City with uh, Remy Simpson and Courtney Nevin have... Uh, they've they've done it. They've escaped. They didn't even finish second last. They uh, managed to jump Brighton on the final day. And yes, Leicester City have survived despite um, scoring 15 goals in a 22 game season. Well, they they've certainly made all of those 15 goals count. And I think uh, Courtney Nevin's corner, uh, she won't get an assist, but the that typical Nevin in swinging delivery caused havoc and led to the only goal of the game as Leicester defeated Brighton on the last day. Um, so we'll link to the table. Yes. And if you are of such a disposition, you can laugh at Manchester city for missing out on champions league final, but due to Arsenal superior goal difference, I'll say credit to Manchester United. I think that's their best ever finish in the, that oh yeah, that is their best ever finish in the WSL. Um, two points behind Chelsea, Aston Villa fifth. So, uh, best the rest of that made sense. And shout out to Dale. Ike, after all his lamenting of how, of Everton's, Um, defeats, they actually ended up finishing in the top half and ahead of Liverpool, so Everton fans will be happy with that. Uh, I kind of
0: feel like Aston Villa were one of the biggest improvers. Like I'd I'd have to go back to last season and see where they finished last season, but Mm. um, really top to see them up there. (laughs) Mm. Unfortunately, Emily Gilnick wasn't able to play a a significant part in that, but good news for Arsenal that they've qualified Mm. for Champions League. I, I think that'll be great for them. I I do also wonder. I mean, we have such a simple competition in some respects here with the dub that you just play that competition. But in the um, in England, it's not only that you play your league, but you've got cups and Champions Leagues and whatnot. That you, if you qualify for them, it ends up being much more and more football. So yeah, it's obviously it's a great thing. No one wants to not qualify, but it does become managing hopefully the depth of your squad to be able to play more games
2: and and my main thought after now that the most of these seasons are done is hooray no more injuries for matildas mm. or actually no more injuries for other big players fingers crossed for the champions league finals
1: yes. Um, oh so. yes just yeah we, we've everyone
2: getting to the world cup who can please
1: we've quite had quite enough injuries uh yes, so to kind of make the opposite of Cheryl's point, I think Tottenham incredibly disappointing. Mm-hmm. Less than half of Aston Villa's points total with the money they spent, and they weren't safe from relegation until very late in the piece. So I think uh, Spurs have some thinking to be done. But hey, um, if you've been following English men's football for a long time, uh, you'll know Tottenham are uh, continuing on a very proud club tradition of disappointing their fan base. So, <laughs>
2: and, and you um, got to think of, like the, the moves of the players who who. A few of the players that moved from some of those those big teams because they England went. The yeah, Beth she's, England. She right. scored a goal, so I think she's done her. Yeah, part. So I think she's done, you know, very well for herself, but maybe not so much with the team. And then um Nobs going from um, Arsenal to Aston Villa—that yeah, was a
1: great move for her. Yeah, great Just, move for her. So
2: finally... put herself back in contention for uh, one of those England spots. So yeah, <clears throat> um yeah. interesting, and, and I think it's it's nice to see. Uh, some of those other clubs investing some more and, and becoming, you know, really tasty options for some of the big players yes. to move to, to make the competition even more exciting.
1: Yes, I'd uh, yeah, love to see that. Um, as we head over the channel to France, so um, uh, Ellie carpens Leon finishing with a small matter of a 7 1 victory over Stade de And then nice to see uh, the official league account, the D1 Nakama account, um, you know. Creating a graphic to congratulate Leon on, on winning yet another championship, and that graphic with lots of players there—that looks like that. That doesn't look like, some, like something done on Canva. That looks like uh, something a bit more complicated than what I do in my in my daily job. But yeah, just. I, uh... sh-
0: Shout out as well to Marjan, who scored a goal. And given that we're not going to be able to see her play mm. at the World Cup because she's retired from international football, mm. one of my favourite players. i so love to be able to see mm. her score a goal. Not that I've watched the highlights yet, but hopefully mm. I'll get around it soon. Yep.
1: yep, Yes. Good shout out, Cheryl. Uh, so we keep moving uh, to other Aussie involvement. So uh, Joe Montemore led Juventus to a big 5-2 victory over the league leaders Roma. So I don't... F- i don't a, I wish i at this before that's it that's the end so, Yep, that's, yeah, that's that's it that's round 10 of 10 yeah. in
0: the championship so. round and and roma <laughs> finished on top so um yeah. juventus second not yeah. not bad big win yeah. to yeah. but then to lose overall yeah. to them yep
1: yeah. 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 ah yes and then um good times for anna margraf six nil away win for her meppen over eintracht frankfurt so and I think Oh, I don't
0: forward. know. if Have I put that backwards? I wonder if it was the other oh. way. Let me double check.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, now we've got a whole uh, pause on that one. Yes, it does seem uncharacteristic. Oh no, yes, you have put it backwards. Yes, I'm sorry. I,
0: I have put it sorry, backwards. Everyone, my my fall, fault. A wishful thinking, but no, yes. not quite right. No,
1: no, it's okay. Well, there we go. Okay. Now I just got to check. Did she at least get some game time? Because, But she has been, to be fair. And I think um smart work by Anna using her German passport I think to not be counted as a uh foreign player and that's I think that's that kind of thing opens up uh doors for players so um yeah she got on the field that's all I'll say about that um it's uh yeah so I think the as we use our usual Nordic stuff so um for AGF with Matilda McNamara and Ali Green, uh, they both had full games, big 4-1 victory over a team just referred to in the league table as NIF slash HD. So they're the product of two mergers, of a, a merger of two clubs. So two games left. AGF only need two points to secure elite division in football for the next season. And then for North Chalant, it's back to what we say. Um, Madge, if you don't start Winona Heatley, you lose. So maybe... Uh, Norchland will learn that lesson for the cup final, which is again Fortuna hearing, but in the league, they lost to Fortuna by three goals nil. Um, yeah, Heatley coming on in the 56th minute, but well, she should be starting. And I did notice, um, as on FC Northland Instagram, she has a tattoo. So well done to you, Winnie. Uh, NWSL, uh, stuff. Ah, yes, uh, bad luck for um Alex Shidiax Racing Louisville, they lost um, two on to the mighty North Carolina Courage but uh better luck next week Alex and then yes um Madge did you happen to watch uh or catch any <coughs> excuse me catch any NPL Queensland or just one of those weekends where
2: well, no one of those weekends but I, I mean I've got the results here it's pretty typical um results uh Eastern suburbs uh defeated QAS 2-0. Ken Powell defeated South United 2-0. Mitchelton and Sunshine Coast Wanderers had a one-all draw. Uh, Queensland Lions defeated Gold Coast United 3-1. Uh, and then Kapalabar and Brisbane Olympic had a three-all draw.
1: Yes. Uh, thanks, Madge. Uh, Cheryl, did you have any insights on NPL Victoria? or?
0: Uh, not so much insights apart from... Calder United are now starting to make a bit of a comeback ah, yes. from their A little bit slow start to the well, season, obviously. Western United <laughs> is a um, bit of a sister mm. or sibling mm-hmm. to Calder mm-hmm. United, so they're probably getting back to full strength. South Melbourne were able to beat the league leaders, Burundara mm. Eagles, 4-3, so good win for South Melbourne. I think the other team that's kind of pretty much in form, Heidelberg United with a 3-0 victory over FE Emerging, so yeah, that's not all the results, but halfway through, so round eleven of mm. twenty-two, mm. it's it's moving along and, and yeah, hopefully the teams are up to full strength.
1: Um, and also I noticed Preston Lions have been doing well because I think they're newly promoted, although they did lose 2-0 to the team with po- to who is a contender for best name in Australian sport, Box Hill United Pythagoras.
0: So. <laughs> uh yeah, it's interesting, Box Hill United. I, I think, you know, their their history in football has been long and strong, but more recently it, it's sort of moved away. So I don't know if that's the result of um I, I'm not inferring anything at all because I don't know. But is has there been a, a change of management or if the um the facilities aren't good enough and players have moved on from there to other places? So yeah, it's um a little bit of a struggle maybe for Box Hill, but Yeah, good win for them.
1: Yeah. Yes, and I NPL New South Wales, nearing the halfway mark there. So I was on commentary for um, Manly United's dramatic game against Bankstown City and a 93rd minute equaliser from former Western Sydney Wanderer Caitlin Jarvis shot from about 30 yards out. So that was uh, fun to be on commentary as my employers um, stole a point off Bankstown City. Um, RPL Leichhardt, uh, Smash Northern Tigers 3-0 at home. They're leading the league by 10 points and they're still undefeated. So um, they're just having a great season. And I did notice um, up at uh, Christie Park, or as the, Ar- the Arctic Circle, as the locals call it, it was, wasn't was a good day to be a team full of kids because in the afternoon, Gladesville Ravens beat Emerging Jets 5-0. Then in the evening at the same venue, Norfolk City Spirit beat Football New South Wales Institute by the same scoreline. So uh, t- tough one there. The kids getting bullied at the Arctic Circle um also oh sapphire cup yes i want to keep remembering keep forgetting to talk about that but we're down to the last 16 uh for the inaugural football new south wales women's knockout comp and some interesting games over the coming week so uh hills united versus mount druid town rangers that's all second division matchup there uh manly united versus marconi stallion so that's um top tier versus second tier and uh blacktown spartans versus apia leichardt apia have a lot of our former spartans so I hope that um, RP can do a number on the Spartans there. And then, uh, yeah, so it's, um, yeah, I, don't, I suppose that's time for a Queens of the Week. So, yeah, Madge, I suppose you can go first.
2: Yeah, uh, much anticipated uh, new book and coming out just in time for the World Cup uh, so we can take a bit of a, a trot down history lane and, and learn more about the history of the Matildas through Fiona Crawford's new book, The Matilda Effect, which I, I actually just thought it was a, you know, using the name of, um, Matildas, but apparently uh, I haven't read the book yet, but ac- uh, according to, I think, Kieran Yaps uh, uh, preview, review um, that he did of, of the book, The Matilda Effect actually talks about um, when there's achievements uh made by I, i'm I'm butchering this no no doubt but what but achievements made by women um being credited to men so it's actually mm-hmm. a name of a different effect uh that has you know been a a, a nice uh, bit of synergy for talking about the history of women's football and and the people who've strived to uh you know work with fifa or sometimes against or with fifa uh prodding along to try and uh push women's football forward over the year so yeah an an exciting read that I can't wait to get my hands on uh, in the lead up to what will hopefully be the biggest and best ever women's um, world cup that we're going to host right here
1: yeah and Cheryl you've got a lovely shout out Uh, we always love it when you shout out these people so go on
0: I've got lots of shout outs actually Um, if I start with a shout out just a slight segue to Kieran Yap, who announced on Twitter that there's Uh, a baby yap on board. So I I think I thought I had that in the show notes, but I can't see it now. So anyway, um, shout out to Kieran and the family that there's a baby yap coming there coming along um also a shout out to madge as a queen of the week for her spotlight on the panini uh stickers for me to get in and have a go off definitely up my alley love that so i literally just
2: completed denmark as you were going to the new south Wales. <laughs> <laughs> I was and i was like oh i got a swap
0: <laughs> yep I so keep an eye right? on that <laughs> If people haven't seen that, shout out also to one of our great contributors, Stefan, who's moving house this weekend, I think, but he also caught the spicy cough so uh, what, a, what a rough time to be grabbing the spicy cough um, also last week we I was part of the organizing committee but it, you know very much wasn't my work women on women on side ran a women in football leadership conference that was absolutely brilliant in my opinion I'm not sure how many people had the opportunity to dial into that one um, if you didn't get a chance uh, let no, let me know and I'll see if there's anything that we can do there's obviously recordings on it. I'm, I'm not offering to send the recordings to people for free, but it might be that you can sign up late, pay pay your registration fee late to get access to that recording because it really was a brilliant event with some wonderful people discussing that. Uh, yeah, I think they're um, my queens and kings and whatnots of the week. Yep. And
1: yes, so um, I think, shout out once again to Dale, who I think recently decided... That this should be called Queens, Kings, and Emperors of the Week. And that's the segue I'll get to. Uh, a selection I think will be from all of us. Good to see NWSL side OL Rain. Uh, they posted that they um, were hosted a clinic recently for gender diverse youth and their families. And that's how they, uh, they're aim to continue. To work and make our uh, Washington, the state of Washington, the most inclusive place for youth to play soccer in the United States, and I think that's very important. Well done to everyone at OL Reign, and then I've got a couple of selections for Queen of the Week as usual. And if you, for your, uh, for my longtime Twitter followers, it's um something, uh, something new and something old uh, in terms of who these teams are. So firstly, the new bits, So man, the United, uh, youngster, Eva Morgante, she scored on Sunday. She scored a hat-trick in their under 16 game against Bankstown city, and then just backed up and scored another two goals in the under 18 game immediately afterwards. So well done to Eva. And then for something old, um, in league one, women's blacktown city keeper, Chiara Roche. Uh, took charge with Blacktown drawing 2 all against Inter Lions in stoppage time. They won a free kick. She waved all her teammates out of the way, trotted up from the goals, sent the 25-yard free kick into the top corner. Uh, Blacktown City 1-3-2, and I will embed footage of that wonderful free kick in the show notes for you because it was it was uh, brilliant, and everyone's been raving about Kiara's performances ever since she got to Blacktown. But um, yeah, so I think that's it, and I think we, for once, we've managed the time properly. So unless does anyone have anything else to add? thumbs up and a shake of the head that's exactly the kind of signal i want so uh for me eric Sibihano, and on behalf of cheryl downs and magella card thanks for tuning in to episode 149 of the beyond 90 podcast uh thanks for tuning in we really appreciate it and we'd like to wish you a life full of good vibes great coffee sick tattoos razzlers and goalkeeper scoring bangers see you next week <music>